delivering thee from the people and the Gentiles whom I now send, delivering thee from the people, yeah, and from the Gentiles whom I now send thee to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God. Now, his response back here in Acts 9 is 6, verse 6. And trembling and astonished, Paul says, Lord, what will thou have me to do? For all of his zealous, angry, persecuting, this was a man that got up every morning determined to do the right thing, whatever he saw it to be. And, it's, and in that case, he's able, he's able to make... Make turn aside his pride and everything, but make this dramatic turn. What do you want to have me do? Now, he says, I need you to arise and go into the city. Uh, now, the men that were with him heard the voice, didn't see anything. Saul arises from the earth. And when his eyes were... This, now, listen so closely here, because this is why I think this is so critical. Uh, he says in uh, verse 8, And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, they, and, but they led him by the hand. Why? Because he was blind. blind. He was blind before by anger. Now, symbolically, he's now blind. And he's going to be blind for how long? Three days. Three days. No, he really didn't know. For all he knew, he might spend the rest of his life blind. There's no, there's no time frame on this. A great point. Well, this is still Saul. And he's about to become Paul. Yeah, it's kind of interchangeable. This is Saul morphing into Paul. This transition is occurring now. Interesting. Why would the three days be interesting? Because that, that was my question. That fascinating that this would be three days. Why three days? Three days for the Savior to die. Okay, so what did the Savior do? He's going to die. And then there's three days where he is. He's teaching. But, by, but do we get any other people that do the three day thing? Jonah and the whale. I'm this guy, I go through the whale experience, I come out and I'm changed. Who else? Alma the Younger. Alma the Younger. Persecuting the church. Alma was the Paul of the Book of Mormon. Right. And he's going to go through the three-day thing, and he says this was excruciating pain, and, this, and going through the pains of a damned soul, he says. And Lamoni? And Lamoni does the three-day thing. You get these people that have lived their life in a certain amount of darkness. Then they get these three, this three-day transition. And like the Savior, there is the death that occurs at the first of that. And then a, and then a resurrection at the end of three days to somebody that has changed. That's the change. Okay? So these three days of transition on the other side result in a new life, a new person. That's why I think this three days is critical. It's three days without sight. Now, I love this. 
the, the, the irony and the symbolism of this is just wonderful. Look at, look at verse 11. And the Lord says to him, well, first of all, he says, uh, well, the Lord says to Ananias, uh, Arise, go into the street, which is called... Ooh, strength. Where is Paul going to be led? After, this, after Paul has been in zealously attacking the church, he goes through this three days of darkness, then he's going to be led to an apostle, and he's going to fire an apostle disciple so that he can have his sight restored. And what street does he have to go to for that to happen? The straight street. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. Yeah, I just, I just think that's great. Now, of course, Ananias here is going, wait a minute, I've heard of Paul. I've heard of Saul. Um, I've heard many things of this man, how much evil he has done. Uh, he has, he's actually coming here with authority from the chief priest to bind everybody. And the Lord's going to say unto him, he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the king. How does the church survive the first century? It must be moved ultimately out of Jerusalem. It has to be moved to ultimately to Rome by way of Constantinople. And, and who does that? Paul. Paul will save the church. Paul is attacking the church. It will be Paul's efforts that save the church by, by teaching the Gentiles and moving the, away from Jerusalem. He was a Roman. And he was Roman, yeah. That's one of the reasons why he was able to get to Rome, because he's a Roman citizen. Okay? Alright, and I will show on him great things he must suffer for my sake. Now, I want, in the, in the time that we have remaining, let me do this. Because it, uh, it strikes me that in, in, these, in these stories, if we go back just a, a lesson or two, it's fascinating to me that we're going to get what I call a tale of two roads. And, the, and these two roads uh, speak a lot about who we are and what we need and what needs to happen with us. So, first of all, we're going to talk about... We, remember we talked about the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And, and the road to Emmaus, these disciples are coming from where? Where have they been? They've been in Jerusalem. They've been with the other disciples. Uh, you recall that on the road to Emmaus, they're grieving. What are they grieving? Jesus has died. Jesus has died. It's the third day. It's been three days. Something is supposed to happen. You know, Mary came and said, something has happened. The body's gone. Peter and John come back. Yep, body's gone. We're not quite sure what's happened here. And they're on the road grieving. Yeah. Okay, I just had a thought that maybe the reason, you know, they'd heard stories that maybe, you know, he might be resurrected, but maybe they were expecting the big second coming. Him they coming were. Glory. And that's why, I, it just clicked. I never, I, I didn't understand that. Yeah, hang on to that. See, their eyes were holden, right? Their eyes, their eyes were blinded to the fact that... Um, that the Savior is going to come and walk next to them and they don't see that they're walking next to a resurrected being. But how also were their eyes holding? They didn't see the bigger picture, right? They had a vision in their mind of what Christ was going to come and do. We thought, and it says this in Luke, 
We thought that he would come and redeem Israel. He would kick the Romans out. That it would be a, a political takeover. It would be a divine coup. That didn't happen. So their eyes were holding to his real purpose. But they were blind. So they're walking blind. You get that part? We're talking about vision. Their eyes were holding. Christ appears out of them gently. And in their, in their travail, in their sorrow, in their walking along, the Savior is going to come along them and He's going to gently join them and gently walk beside them. No great lights, no, no earthquakes. The resurrected Lord is walking beside them and their eyes are holding. But what, is the, what does the Savior begin to do as He walks with them? Teach them. Walk them through. Help them understand the Scriptures. Thou fools, don't you remember that the Lord said he was, when He was here that He would do this? Oh yeah. And then there's this and this. And, and they're, not, they're learning, but, it, but they'll say later, how are they feeling while He's teaching them? Did not our hearts burn within, burn within us? We were feeling the truth of this. Wow. I get it. Enough that when he says, okay, I'm ready to leave, and they go, and then they constrain him to stay. Don't go. Stay with us. Okay? And it was such a, they were, they were mourning, but they were being comforted, and they didn't even know who they were being comforted by. I just love that. Their eyes were still holding. Okay? And they're easily taught. They're listening. They're, they're absorbing. And their hearts burned before they really saw him. So they were feeling the truth of it before they knew the reality of who it was. Yeah, that's why the way we should be, right? Right? Now, and then finally when they get it, they returned and rejoiced with the other disciples and they bore witness about what they knew. And they ran. From this very hour, let's get out of here. Let's get back to Jerusalem and tell them what we know. What we have seen. We, we, are, we now become eyewitnesses to His glory. Because He's walked with us and talked with us. Okay? Now, so there's the road to Emmaus. Now, we just saw another road. And that is the road to Damascus. Now, in both cases, we have disciples that will go on and do very powerful things. But these two, the two, and then Paul, uh, are going to be on different roads, and they're going to have totally different experiences, aren't they? Okay. So Saul was was going about what he was doing with anger in his heart, zealously, which meant that when we are angry, we tend to hurt people. We tend to say hurtful things. I'm always aware sometimes when I have couples that I'm working with in, in my office and, and we can have calm discussions, <coughs> but once, once we become angry, it's like everybody's reaching for their, their bow and arrow and their, qu their quiver of arrows, and it's like, yeah, well, remember two years ago? <laughs> well, yeah, remember when you do this? Remember when you spent that? Well, that wasn't nearly as bad as when you said this or when you told my mom that, really? Well, what about when you told my dad that? <laughs> you know, now we're just... Now we're just trying to inflict pain. Because I'm Dr. Phil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get him off to Dr. Phil. 
But when we're angry, we, we hurt people. Because we're hurting. Because we're hurting, we want people to hurt like us. And when that happens, what do we know about people that are angry? They're blind. They're not able to see things as they really are. Anger blinds us. Okay, so their eyes are blinded with rage. Now, in the case of Paul, as it was with Alma, when Christ comes, he comes in power. And if we're going to come in power, then that means that you take somebody who has been, what would be the reaction of somebody who is doing wickedly, and you suddenly expose them to the light and power of the resurrected Lord. That is painful. That is harsh. That is fear-inducing. That would be painful. That is walking out of the, the dark movie theater, out the back door, into the sunlight, and, and it just hurts. The clash between where I have been and the clash to where I need to be is hard. When we have been so blinded by rage and anger. That's one of the reasons why I believe that the, the, the most merciful thing that the Lord does is He doesn't pull those that are telestial in nature and pull them into heaven. All roads lead to heaven. No, they don't. I guess the road is there, but the people won't walk it. They won't want to be in His presence. It's too painful. If you're not worthy to be there. So Christ appears in power. It's painful. It's the pains of a damned soul to have to go through that three days of death and resurrection. And Saul the zealot was being transformed into Paul the apostle. And, I, and I'm willing to bet that what Alma said about his experience would match Paul exactly. Because when that remembrance of all the people that died at his hands, people like Stephen, that he consented to their death, when that hit, uh, that would just be incredibly hard. When he suddenly realized who he was persecuting. So, he's going to come in power... He has to be rebuked. He needs that three-day transformation. By the way, for us, how long does that three-day transformation last for most of us? <laughs> how many of us do like the three days? We were wicked, we got three days, and now we're incredible. <laughs> how about for most of us going from natural man and woman to transformed celestial being? How long does that take? A lifetime. lifetime. And beyond. And beyond. <laughs> That's the drop by drop thing of the, of the ten virgins of oil into their land. It just takes forever. And I know there's a, a bunch of parents in here that says, I want this thing to go for my kid like this week. <laughs> With, you know, where's the angel for Alma? You know, and the Lord for Paul. And turn them around because they're being jerks and I would really like them to be different by, in time to get their eagle. <laughs> but we all need the three day transformation 
And then they have to be led to the straight road. Where they find a servant of God who can teach them and baptize them and open their eyes. I was just thinking um, Saul was led by Satan and we know that when we get into situations, Satan abandons us. Yeah, Satan will take it. What a transition that must have been during those three days to go from getting guidance from Satan. From Lucifer. Yeah, that he's going that he's being led about by Satan and then here comes the light which drives out Lucifer and now he's naked on his own going, oh my gosh, I did what? Because underneath that is this magnificent pre-mortal spirit that was that had been foreordained to do everything he was going to do to preserve this church. And to have that spirit realize that his body did those kind of things and be in the presence of God had to be excruciating. It just did. But that was Saul. Yes. <laughs> I'm Paul. Yeah, that, that was another guy. <laughs> another guy. Why would the Lord have chosen Saul if he were led by Satan when there are lots of other people who were also being led by Satan? Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Of all the people he couldn't... Wouldn't it have been better for him to pick somebody that... Maybe someone from the Sanhedrin that maybe wasn't quite as bad. Yeah. Why would the Lord, of all the people he could have chosen, why would he choose like a 14-year-old boy to get him to do that? That doesn't make any sense either. But the 14-year-old boy was a good kid who was seeking the truth. Yeah, but he didn't know anything. He had no education. Nobody could believe this kid. And it's almost as improbable as taking someone who's that wicked and persecuting the saints and saying, there's my guy right there. I always thought that Saul's heart might have been in the right place, that he was defending his faith. As, as he saw it, he was. Yeah. He was defending his faith, but he was blinded by Satan, and that, that's the problem. Is that he was doing what he was supposed to do, he thought, but he was doing it on his own, and the anger stepped in, and Satan can use anger to blind us. Yeah? When um, you have a hardened heart, and you're not listening at all, and you're blinded completely, when uh, Heavenly Father feels the moment that you soften your heart even a little, he rushes you. He's right there, isn't he? Rushes you. That's a great point. And he actually is with you stronger than you've been in your life, and you hear him line by line. It's uh, amazing what Amazing what happens when the anger recedes and we're, and we're now teachable that we hear what we needed to hear. Brothers and sisters, it's my, it's my prayer today that ultimately I think we have, a, we have a choice about which road we walk. I think at, the, at our hearts we are good people. We want to do the right thing. But when circumstances come along so that we become blinded by these kind of, by anger, by whatever, it blocks our ability to really see things as they really are. And you would never go back. Yeah, and at that point there was never going back for him, was there? I pray that will be our case. And I leave that with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.